Wow, that was great, Ben. Um, I actually don't think that heaven could have choreographed what's happening this morning any better, because I feel like um, what was on my heart to share with you guys today is just an extension of exactly what has been happening this morning. And um, and I think it is so true what Ben is saying, like what we are, what we experienced here this morning was absolutely wonderful. You know, it's incredible when our hearts engage with God and we get lost a little bit. We, we allow ourselves to get caught up with heaven instead of getting caught up with the worries of life. It actually um, draws you into a really sweet place and sometimes there's not even words to describe what that is. It's kind of like, you know, how do you describe heaven without just saying it's awesome, it's amazing, but yet it doesn't do it justice, you know? Sometimes we just don't have language for the things that are going on in our hearts when we're in that sweet place with heaven. And, um, and I think it's so important to us in our, our walk with God and the, the every day, like every single day, and the opportunities that we have to, to really shine for Jesus and to let our lives be light and salt and let something be known out there. It's like, know God, but then make God known as well. Um, in our daily lives and our work lives and all that. And so and an overarching thought that I've had the last couple of weeks as I've been praying um, for our church here is it was just this thought out of sight, out of mind. And, um, and it's something that I think happens to us at times, um, maybe many times for many of us. If, it's, if I'm talking about me, it's actually many times. It's really easy to just have out of my mind the things that I'm not seeing, right? And sometimes what we encountered here this morning, it can be here in the moment and it brings incredible breakthrough. And I think it's, um, it's just the love of God. I think it's his compassion for us to, you know, really um, experience him, encounter him and have that, that visitation of the Lord so that we can begin to see what life could really be even when we walk outside of these doors. Um, but I found it often to be really easy to have this really powerful encounter with Jesus and we could see people literally getting saved and you know healed and all that kind of stuff and it could carry me through the day but then tomorrow out of sight out of mind uh, the things that are on my mind are clearly what do I need to do how am I feeling all of those kinds of things and they can take this prominent role in our life um, when Jesus is supposed to be the Lord when we can remember what God did yesterday, but sometimes it's hard in the midst of, you know, a new day, a new week, and possibly the pressures of life. And all those things are incredibly real. And so as I was, you know, just praying through this and, um, and just even acknowledging in my own life, you know, often when God gives you a, a line or something, there's an opportunity for meditation, right? To look and see, you know, what exactly is happening in my life? What exactly am I carrying in my heart in this particular area? And is it representing what I want it to, you know? Like, because I, I know sometimes I say one thing, but then I do another, and I don't want to do the things that I want to do, but then I do the things that I don't want to do, and all of a sudden we're reminded of Paul, you know, in this place where he's saying, hey, this is the reality of life, but he's calling us to a higher standard where we actually can live in the promises, and we can decide certain things, and... Um, I just thought it was just, as I was 
worshiping this morning, there's something that I seen that I was like, well, I didn't really understand what exactly the picture meant until right at the end there, I actually seen a hearse. You know, uh, what do hearses carry? Dead people. And I seen this hearse drive off as we were worshiping. And I was like, okay, what are, you, what are you trying to say through this, Lord? You know, like, it's great that I see this picture, but I wanted to ask a question to engage with God and hear something. And and right at the end, I, I felt like the Lord was actually speaking about what was happening in this corporate place right here, in this setting, as we're getting caught up in God. When we die, He can truly live. And it's a beautiful thing where the hearse has left the building, folks. The hearse has left the building, and when we die, He truly lives in and through us. And I think that is at the core of um, what we wrestle with on a daily basis because there's opportunity. There's opportunity for that dead man to live again and to rule and reign. But we can decide. We can carry what we encountered today and not just leave it for a Sunday, but you know, do whatever it takes to actually live in that place and to ask God to help you and to engage with the Spirit of God in a new way. If the old ways that worked aren't working, let's continue to press in and let's have some tenacity within us for life, for life and fire in our bones, the things that we declare and so want in our lives. So I just want to, if you got your Bibles, let's, let's turn to Matthew 7. I want to encourage us in the scriptures as I've been encouraged throughout the week as well too. And, and it has been honestly a really great place of meditation. I'm like, oh man, I'm not maybe doing the things that I would like to do or the things that I'm asking other people to do. And they're small things, but you know, I, I feel like what God is calling me to, like my, my heart is specifically in the area of discipleship. And I speak to the journey of men and women. That is where I feel like God has given me the most amount of revelation. Uh, I'm, I'm not a great theologian, but I, I feel like God allows me to capture simple truths in a really powerful way. And I need it simple or else I don't understand what the heck is going on, right? And so I think it's just the way that God speaks to me. And I need it simple so that I can pick it up and I can run with it and actually do something with it, right? So Matthew 7, 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And then in verse 8, it says, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. So this incredible promises for us in the midst of, you know, not knowing how to take what we encountered just a moment ago. Like literally just a moment ago, we could be sitting here 10 minutes later, wondering and worrying about so many other things. Isn't that amazing? Like, it's just, that's, that's the kind of stuff we have to contend with, you know? And we need a, a teaching of the Lord. And we need, uh, we need to know how to actually pray with faith. To pray with faith and to trust the Lord. And to know how to turn what we know in our minds and even in our hearts at times into reality and just go for it. Just do something with it every day. Just do something with it. And if we're unsure of how to turn our current situation into a really powerful thing for the kingdom of heaven, 
Because what does that even look like? You know, sometimes I, I, I hear these things like, just turn it around for good. And it's like, what does good even look like in this situation? What does it look like, you know? And we, we say sometimes these nebulous things like, well, the Father is good. Well, how is he good here? We know he's good, but how is he good here? And we don't know how to engage with that. And one way that I feel that God has taught me to engage with those things in my misunderstanding of my situation and how he's good is to pray and to ask the Father to teach me how to understand. So seeking, he says, you will find if you seek. If you knock, there is a promise that the door will be opened. Isn't that so simple? He says, it will be open. Now, he didn't say if you knock once or twice or three times. He said, just knock. I don't have the answer, so keep knocking. Keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking. Keep knocking. Sometimes there's an answer just in the knocking. It's not even that the door is open. It's in the knocking. And these are the things that we have to learn how to carry into our day-to-day. We live by faith and not by sight. We live by faith and not by sight. We don't need faith for a lick of what we see. We just don't need faith for that. It's there. We see it. But the knocking and the asking... It allows us to carry this incredible presence, what we encountered this morning, into a new place. And we want to grow in God, right? (laughs) I would say we do. I mean, I seen a hearse leaving this morning, and that meant that a whole bunch of dead people got carried away. So that's cool, right? (laughs) That means we're living. We're living, and there's a desire for that. And so when we're not here, we don't go, well, that means I don't love God. No, you have a love for God, but I think we're learning how to engage with the situations of life because they're all different. And look, we could sit around all day long saying, well, my, my problem is bigger than your problem. And well, I, what about this? Yeah, but you don't understand. And it's like, well, all of that doesn't mean a lick in the light of what Jesus has done. It means nothing in the light of what he's done. It doesn't mean that it's not hard. Like literally, we could go around this family right here and say, has anybody had hard things? What about this week? People have died, you know, and that's hard on our hearts. I lost my job. That's hard. I don't have money. That's hard. Emotionally, I feel alone, and that's hard too. And all of those things are hard. But how do we actually engage heaven over those circumstances? Ask. Knock. And you will, like, you will get it. But you just can't stop. You can't stop asking. You can't stop knocking. I don't have an answer yet. Well, let's keep knocking, right? Because we want to grow. John 15, 4. I just want to quickly turn there as well, too, because there's a few of these things that were just highlighted to me um, throughout the week that I thought would just be encouraging. It's good to get into some scriptures and allow the Word of God to show us some of these things, right? John 15, 4, and it says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'll read that one more time. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. 
Neither can you unless you abide in me. And so where do we become fruitful? It's actually in Jesus. It's only in Jesus. And this is a weird thing. These are like the mental gymnastics we have to roll through in the midst of hard things is that it's harder sometimes to run to God than it is to just wallow in our own self-pity. Isn't that just like, it's just, it's absolutely strange and weird when, when we say that. And I know that from my own personal experience. Sometimes it's easier to just wallow in my self-pity and get really deeply emotional and meditate on all the negative things on my life and the things that aren't happening, which throw me for a tailspin, which cause me to like find it really hard to even pray and to engage with God. It's like there's this invisible wall that's there and I, I, just, don't even, I just don't even want to. I just don't even want to. I don't want to engage with God, but it's the only fruitful place that we'll find. That's where we are fruitful. That's where we're fruitful. Apart from him, we can do nothing at all. And so as a family, you know, we, we have to learn how to engage with this and, and actually understand the power of the body. 1 Corinthians 12, one body but many parts. And so if we are struggling in life, and hey, none of us are exempt from that different struggles, and we can put it on all different levels, but at the end of the day, a struggle is real to this person as much as, as it's real to you and to me. We're all struggling, but what do we do with that struggle? How do we turn that into a situation where we actually engage with the answers of God? Family is a significant answer. And if we get intentional with it, it becomes really powerful. It's really powerful to become fruitful and stay fruitful because we all understand I could throw a bunch of one-liners at you and we could all get excited in our spirits about it, but know nothing in terms of how, in, how to actually work that thing out. How do I make that real? It was good in that situation, but it's no good in this situation, which means we're lacking something on the, un, on the inside. Sometimes it's understanding, but sometimes it's just not engaging with powerful truths. And family was something that was highlighted to me again. How vulnerable, we were talking about this in our home group this last Thursday, about freedom and, you know, how vulnerable are we willing to get? Where do, at, at, like, when does that person come around? I remember for years, I was wrestling on the inside with all kinds of sin in my life, all kinds of struggles, and... I remember someone asking me, when do you want to be freed of? And I'm like, well, now, of course. And he's like, so what's the problem? I just haven't found that person that I can share with. I just haven't found that. I just, you know, I just can't. I just can't find. And I felt like Holy Spirit in the, in the midst of that journey began to speak to me about freedom and how sometimes we want freedom, but we don't want it bad enough to do something outrageously foolish for the sake of how we might look. If we can get vulnerable and just go, you know what? I need to stop caring so much about what everybody thinks and I need, like, I need to get flipping free. I need to get free. This is ridiculous, man. I'm bound. I need to get off the roller coaster. It's making me sick. 
I want to walk consistently. I want to carry what happened Sunday morning into Monday. Even if I could do it one day, that would be breakthrough already. We need to get hungry for freedom, but we need to stick together because there's days where I just can't do it. I just can't. And if I look around and go, oh, well, there's no one in this room. I just, man, what are they going to think about me? Well, man, and I'm not saying, you know, share all your dirty secrets with everybody. Find somebody and get more and more free. And on that journey of getting more and more free, you just stop caring so much and then you can choose anybody. For years, being sexually molested, for years, from the time I was probably four years old all the way to 12, 13, by a family member, I just couldn't share that with anybody. You know what? I just wanted to get free. So I just started sharing. I remember, but the sting is gone. And freedom was more important to me than hanging on to that dark thing those gremlins in my life that would, in the midst of worship, just destroy my contact with God. We have to start trusting one another. Well, when you prove to me, brother, man, stop. Stop. What have you proved to Jesus? Come on. Let's be encouraged by this. Don't be condemned by this. Be encouraged. I'm speaking to the journey of freedom. We're maturing. I agree with everything that Ben said this morning, what he's seen in the spirit. Something is happening in this church, but we have to connect to God answers and to one another, to one another. Start sharing. Let's drop those walls. What are we struggling with in life? Yeah? It's helped me so much. You know, on, on Thursday night, I, I shared with our home group as well, too. It was actually really great. We just had an awesome discussion about whatever. Yeah, I don't even know really what it was, but it was just whatever. It was one of those things where one thing started, and then all of a sudden, we're like around, we're like... And Jesus is just there, and, and we're, honestly, we're just encountering Jesus, and we're just sharing with one another things that have helped us in overcoming. Man, what a, what a powerful thing, right? Just sharing with one another. And recently, the last probably couple months, you know, I've, I've stepped, stepped into the directorship role at YWAM uh, for just over a year now, and so there's significantly more responsibility um, on, on mine and Shree's life. And there was a temptation because of something that I wanted to happen, it didn't happen, and all of a sudden, other things that were completely out of my control began to happen, and we, we ran into a situa the situation where we needed $20,000. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, where's $20,000 gonna come from? I have no idea. And I remember um, getting a little depressed <laughs> because I had no idea where $20,000 gonna come from, right? And, um, and I, I began to just really think about that and meditate on all the things that I didn't know how to do and all the things that, um, how incapable I was, you know. And all of a sudden, the enemy, he, he rode that wave all day long. And I felt so insignificant. I'm like, I'm not God's anointed for this. Maybe they made the wrong choice. Maybe, I mean, look at me. Here I am, possibly putting YWAM totally under for this finance and all this stuff, right? And I got woken up about 3 a.m., 
And I felt like the Lord just spoke to me. And I don't know if you've ever had those anointed times where it's like, it's just like, boom, he's just there. And it's just, it's all happening. Understanding's coming. I know exactly what to do. And I'm not second guessing. I'm just doing it. And I felt like I needed to reach out to my fellow YWAM families. There's something really specific that he spoke to me. And I, the, like, it was after the fact. It was the next morning I thought, man, all these guys are going to think, look at Dave. He's been here for a year. He's already asking for help. What a loser. What a, like, he can't even get it together. There was a temptation to actually start believing that, right? But what happened the night before carried me through the next day as well, too. And so I was more easily able to just say no to that. And I began to share just openly in our community. Hey, guys, just want to let you know, my name's Dave. I'm a mess, and I need Jesus. You guys okay with that? You're all cool with that. All right, great. Now I want to share something with you. We need $20,000. I have no idea where that money's going to come from, but you know what we're going to do? As, as a family, we're going to believe God for $20,000. You know what they did? Yeah! I was like, come on. Let's all pray. We began to pray. We began to pray. And all of a sudden, it wasn't just me praying. All of a sudden, the next week, I got a couple of stuff. Hey, guys, remember that 20 grand? We're praying for that. I didn't instigate that. There they are, praying for this, praying for $20,000. Week after week after week, where's this money coming from? I have no idea. Guess what? $20,000 came in in all these different ways. See, God gives us answers. But some of those answers come in light of, and this is specific to this morning, us actually engaging as a family and saying, hey, you're all right. Even though maybe I don't agree with everything that you say, you're awesome, and I want to share my life with you. Hey, you're cool too. Um, maybe we should hang out sometime. Even though, you know, sometimes I see you not reading your Bible the way that you should. So we have all these thoughts. It, just, it, it gets ridiculous. Well, I'll trust you when you, uh, you know, when I, when I see that you're good enough, when I see that you care, then I'll, then I'll engage you, okay? And it's like, what, where's that grid? Where is that level? How free do you want to be? How foolish are you willing to look to be free for Jesus? And I would say, look ridiculous. Let freedom in Christ rule and reign. Is this going to be easy? Probably not. <laughs> just being honest with you. It wasn't like, hey, hey, I just, I was struggling and a, and a minute later I just got free. It was a journey of actually wrestling with truth and wrestle with it. Stop the noise. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. And the last thing that I wanted to just bring to you guys is Proverbs 9. Really cool proverb as well. Proverbs 9, verse 10. This is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And I think this is another thing for us, friends, is that, you know, as we're, as we're you know, proclaiming Christianity, as we're proclaiming Jesus as Lord, we, we, we need to understand that He is the Lord, that He is the Lord, and when we fear the Lord, it's a, this is the beginning of wisdom, because life is found in Him. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. So to find ourselves in Him and to fear Him actually produces incredible life and freedom within us. It gives us the power to be able to walk into situations and know what to do. And sometimes that knowing what to do is a oh my, oh, I have no idea what to do, Jesus. And all of a sudden we're praying in tongues. Why? Because maybe that's part of the answer right now. Maybe that's part of the wisdom to actually move in the spirit and to start getting yourself into a place where there's answers instead of a place where we meditate where there is absolutely nothing there. The existence of God is often not even there. But it's a place where we dwell. So fearing the Lord and allowing, like not, not in an... Like in, the, in the, this, this whole idea of fearing the Lord and knowing Him and honoring Him and having awe and respect for Him, it's not in this, you know, like, I am scared of God if I make a mistake that He's going to smite me. It's, not, it's actually understanding the big picture of John 15, that if we are in Him and He is in us, that's a fruitful place. But if we find ourselves apart from Him in our situations, it does not produce life. There's nothing found there. And so we can say things like, yeah, but you don't understand, brother. And maybe I don't. And maybe nobody else in this room understands fully. But that doesn't change that there's no life or answers found there. So what stage do we just say, I am now removing myself from a situation that produces no life, no answers, into a place where there is life and there is answers. And that answer may come in a year from now. But is it worth it to go after it or to live bound up in a lie forever? At what point is the call of God in your life more important than living in that self-demeaning culture of just, woe is me? So this is something that I've been doing a little bit more of. It's called repentance. It's not a swear word. It's actually a gift from God for us to be free. That's really what it is. It's a gift from God for us to be free because he's so merciful and he's so compassionate and he sees, he sees us. He knows us. And he's calling us into a higher place. He's calling us to the calling that he's placed on our on our life. It's not, this is my calling and I'm inviting him in. It's his calling on your life and we fear the Lord and we say yes to that. Does that make sense? It's his call on your life. 
And I think we can do that. And repentance is a beautiful thing. And sometimes we've just, if you're anything like me, I, can just talk, I can't talk for you. I, I can talk for me. If you're anything like me, sometimes we just let some things slide. And, and I'm not talking about major sin issues. Just things that you know that the Lord has actually spoken to you to do. Like, hey, don't spend so much time on social media. And then it's kind of like a, yes, I'm going to do that. Mind over matter. A month goes around and you're like, I did so good. Only to, to revert right back to what you did before, which realizes that we need a different understanding of how God sees it as, to the, as opposed to the way that I currently see it. To repent of those things. Repent of making loneliness your God. Repent of making food your God. Repent of making anything outside of Jesus as Lord as your God. These are good things, and it's for us to be free, and so I'm speaking of the freedom and the journey, and so it's not calling out all of the bad junk in your life. No, it's actually saying, hey, there is freedom over here. There's results that we can step into that the kingdom is awaiting for us to actually pick up, to actually habitate, get into those things, and walk with those things, right? So repentance is a beautiful thing. We repent. We say, God, would you forgive me? Would you give me some new understanding as to how to walk free from that? Things are really hard. Anybody in here walk through hard things? We got to keep praying. There is no other answer. We got to keep praying. And when you can't pray anymore, call a friend. Say, dude, I know this sounds really unspiritual, and I, and, I, and I know I should be further along than I am right now, but man, I haven't read my Bible in months. And sometimes we say that, we're like, whoa, man, what are they going to think of me, man? They're going to think, man, stop, stop. Phone a friend, admit, get it out there so you're no longer condemned by it, so you can get free to start reading your Bible, Right? Repent, God, forgive me of apathy in my heart. Forgive me of the things that I've just let slide. I want to make Jesus Lord, but yet there's so many other things that are Lord of my life. And this is where we need family. We gather together. Why? To stir one another up in love and good works. So we're, gonna, we're 10 minutes over here. So we're going to take a couple minutes and let's just actually ask God if there's anything that we need to repent of, right? And you can say it out loud if you want to, but if you don't want to, you don't need to either. But sometimes saying it out loud actually produces greater freedom in the people around you to say things out loud. Sometimes our relationship with God, we go, well, this is between me and the Lord, or should it be? Just saying. Sometimes it needs to be for the good of the body, for us to hear, to be free, to go, wow, man, that was actually amazing to hear that. I thought I was the only one. And so now I can say it out loud too. All right, so here we go. We're just gonna, I'm going to turn this thing off, and we're just going to pray and ask the Lord if we should repent of anything and to teach us how to actually walk this thing out. Is that cool?